0: Hey, America, you have found it. It is the Loftus Party. Um, we're getting way up there in episodes, Andrew Apple. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing
1: all right. Uh, if, if the math serves me correctly, uh, this is episode number 40.
0: Wow. I'm back in uh, Los Angeles, just so all the stalkers know where, know where I am on the planet. <laughs> crazy flight home yesterday. They're not, not crazy, but whatever. Here's a – well, you know what? I'm going to write this down for a Michael-topia. In Michael-topia – I'll do it right at the top of the show. If you know you're going to be on a six-hour flight from New York to Los Angeles, uh, take a shower. Take a shower before the flight. This dude in front of me, this hipster doofus with the big beard and the man bun and the whole nine, just stunk like a homeless person, like bathing in his own urine. It, it was unbelievable unbelievable that that guy would leave his home and be like, yeah, I'm ready to travel. I'm his clothes were clean. His clothes were clean. So it was just like an obvious like choice, like, ooh, my man musk. I'm going to get so many hot babes with my man musk. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. And I know I sound like an elitist snob like that. But hey, uh, I'm sitting right behind you, guy. I'm sitting right behind you.
1: You know, people long for this time in America uh, that they don't feel exists anymore, and I, a lot of that time I think is best represented. Uh, do you remember that old Coke commercial where uh they were all holding hands and going, "I'd like to teach the world to sing"? Do, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we we've kind of gotten away from that, which I I think is sad and, and unfortunate. It's like I I I don't know how much we worry about the fellow man these days which we, we, we can't just do everything for the instagram likes we can do some things for the instagram likes and i guess that that would be my Micheltopia. We we need to do things for reasons other than likes and favorites and retweets
0: yeah yeah and and i would uh i would encourage everybody to do that there's a uh i don't know what this quote is from but the, it might be the bible might be a bible quote i'm about to throw out there uh faith without actions is dead so uh, get out there and do a little something. And, and, you know, here's the other thing. When you when you go out there and you help other people and you just do something, uh, you're going to feel a lot better. I, I do stuff like that very selfishly went because I hate horrible, but you, I'm not kidding. Cause I feel better. I, and I'm like, and I'm so, <laughs> I'm worried about me. So like, yeah, you you help a homeless person or you, you help your fellow man out. And you're like, yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. And it's a great way to take your mind off your own problems. That's for real. I'm totally, I'm totally that guy that, uh, man there, but for the grace of God, go. I just, uh, you see some of the stuff in the world and and yeah, go out there and help everybody, please. For the love of God go out there and help and we need uh, we need help on the flip side that's what we need we have a very ambitious schedule coming up this week this is like the calm before the storm if I think about all the stuff we're trying to get done uh, with with all the new episodes and we're you know I wanted to, I wanted to film them on a Thursday but now we have to do it on a Tuesday uh, it's just crazy but man I love it that, that we're gonna we're gonna try to pull it off we're gonna try to pull it off and then we've got uh, poor Stacy Lennox, I don't want to get into her personal stuff but uh send some warm wishes Stacy's way. She's got a serious uh owie kabawi going on. She's not feeling red hot so we got a thoughts and prayers.
1: Tweet her at Scott's Fire maybe uh you, you know what would actually make her feel better? Retweet some of the stuff she's been posting on the uh, com because she's been working her tail off on that website.
0: Yes, yes. Support send send your support to scott's fire that's fire with a y and an e i believe yes but uh send your send your support for like third party candidates <laughs> it hey, you know what
1: it it, it when, when you're when you're partying with the loftus party you know what we, we can at least appreciate those who appreciate evan McMullen.
0: yes yes that turd burger <laughs> <laughs> uh I, uh, you know, we had John Favreau on, on the podcast. We ran into him at Politicon. He's got a, he's got a, a crazy successful podcast. Oh, he's yeah. got that, uh, uh, banging at 1420 or something. I, I think uh, it's actually
1: keeping it 1600, but we, we can call it a banging at 1420.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he tweeted out a couple days ago. He's like, boy, I voted early, felt good. And then I, I tweeted back to him, oops because <laughs> that was before the fbi re- re- reopened their case i love this election andrew i don't want it to be over Ugh. i want to put we should push it for a year i'm not even kidding you, you, you know you
1: are amazing to me because you might be the only person in this country who feels that way you know
0: i, th- I don't think i am i I think reporters feel it too. And that's the other thing. Stop. Listen, reporters of the world, uh, quote unquote journalists, stop acting like you want this thing to be over. They're all doing it now. They're like, can you believe it? Nine days left. Oh, come on already. And like, no, 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 no. Don't lie to me. You've never felt so important in your life. Those reporters, they're hanging on. They're hanging on to this election like a crackhead hangs on to that little hunk of Ziploc bag and his homemade pipe. <laughs> you know you wanted to keep going. Admit it.
1: To be fair, this has been a very different news cycle than we've seen in a lot of previous elections. You know, I mean, think about the sensationalism and just the over-the-top soap opera-like stories that we've seen coming from both sides of this campaign. And, and, and I, I can't compare it to anything else that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Can Can you?
0: No, not in my lifetime. Definitely not in my lifetime. But as a, uh, as a, like a, I have a little hobby. History is like my hobby. And if you go back to the early, early elections, you know, like I'm talking about the second and third elections that this country ever had. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot, it's a lot like that. I mean, they were slinging some big time mud. And that's like, you know, but people would duel with pistols, you know, back then. They would literally kill each other. But this is, this is one for the ages. And I'm glad, I'm glad I've been paying attention. I'm glad I've been following this one. I can't imagine. I, I mean, I, I can imagine it. I have a pretty good imagination, but there's so many people out there who are just like, I don't know. I don't know. Same old, same old. Like I had, <laughs> I had this guy who picked me up and gave me a ride to the airport and he brought up politics and I just kind of laid low. I just wanted to see where he was at. And he's like, man, this election, it's always bad. And I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> It's never this bad. This is not a laissez-faire kind of election. This is like King Kong versus Godzilla. This is Mothra. This is huge. Uh, to, and then, of course, it sounds like I'm doing Donald Trump, but I'm not. But you, you have to. If you can't celebrate this one, you need to just get out of uh, reporting on politics. Yeah, because I
1: I don't know uh, if I can take another election quite like this.
0: It's like a a Rocky movie. It's like a Rocky movie. You, you know, you think Hillary has the knockout blow with the Billy Bush tapes and then oh, he's on the ropes and it's over and then boom! Here comes Jim Comey with a roundhouse out of nowhere. What? It's crazy. It is crazy. So, so let's talk about the Comey thing. I and I'll let you go first and then I'll tell you I'll tell you my thoughts and I think you'll be surprised, America. I think you'll be surprised.
1: Okay, so the the short version is uh, through a separate investigation uh, where we believe they were looking into uh, Anthony Weiner's emails James Comey found something and we don't know what it is, but he found something that was related to the Hillary Clinton emails. So he sent a letter to Congress saying, hey, uh, I'm going to be taking another look at the Clinton emails based on this new information. I don't know if there's anything there, but I thought I should let you know. And the world exploded.
0: That is my assessment as well. All these people who are like, "Ooh, bombshell. Oh, he must have found something. He must have found something. I'm like, slow your roll. I think they were looking at uh, some emails from Huma to uh, to Hillary, and then he just said, whoa, uh, point of order. I don't want anybody to accuse me of not playing by the rules. I've discovered possibly new evidence. I have to look into it. So here's a letter that says, hey, I'm taking another peek. I think that is the extent of it.
1: This has caused everyone to lose their dang minds.
0: Yes. Now, once again, the thing that I find fa- fascinating, it's like um, – remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about the dude in the red sweater at the second debate? Ken Bone. Ken Bone. J- just like Ken Bone was the, the thing that America latched on to, it's, it's bizarre – well, it's not bizarre to me, but like America has latched on to this. Like the way, the way I felt people should have latched on she had a private server in her basement. Like that's really bad. Like that's really bad, but I guess you need that double whammy of, uh, of oops. Hey, I found some, some possible new evidence and I'm going to look at again. People are just freaking out about that freaking out about that, which don't be, don't be disappointed, uh, in like two or three days when Comey's like, okay, we took a look at it and, uh, they were all duplicates. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, and that's actually what most of the uh, media is saying at the moment. They're expecting that to happen, which is what's surprising and what blows my mind is this seems to be the thing that has brought all sides of the media together in a way that we have not seen yet during this year. Like everyone kind of felt that's like, huh, maybe this wasn't the best way to go about this. Rather than just going ahead and doing it, which is completely within his discretion, he decided to send this letter to Congress. And everyone seems to be questioning that aspect of it. Not that he's looking into the emails, but the fact that he took the time to send the letter to
0: Congress. I think he has to. I honestly think it's like a point of order thing. I think it's like, uh, hey, Congress, you you summoned me to talk to you about about uh, Hillary's private server and why I didn't press charges. Uh, he made a case. I think he made a horrible case. I think he should have pressed charges. But regardless, irregardless, whatever the correct English is, he didn't do it. Uh, all right. So with Congress breathing down your back and then new evidence comes up, I think you're compelled to like, hey, I don't want anybody to say I was a cheater. okay? I don't want anybody to claim I was in somebody's back pocket. So here's the official letter. I'm going to take a peek at this stuff.
1: That's actually where the question is right now, because they're not sure was this a point of order or was the actual point of order that he shouldn't have made this public so close
0: to the election? Well, he had to. He had to. He couldn't look if it looked at all like he was helping out uh, the Clinton campaign. It looks horrible. Now talk about shaking your faith in democracy. It always it always uh, makes me laugh whenever uh, like uh, you know Trump is out on the on the campaign trail a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago and he's like, listen, I think it's rigged. I, I, and people are like, whoa, this is really really dangerous for Donald Trump to question. The democratic process, right? That's like, don't you don't do that, guy. You don't question the democratic process. And then when Comey is like, hey, I'm going to reopen the investigation. Everybody's like, hey, Comey's messing with the democratic process. (laughs) Whatever they accuse Trump of doing, it always comes back on the Democrats like threefold. It's hysterical. It's really quite funny.
1: Well, you know, I, I I do have to to I, I guess dive dive a little deeper in that into that because I think that there is a difference between when James Comey says something versus when Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton say something because at, at this point Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton they they are in our homes every day and people are die hard for everything that they say and do right now and, yeah and, and James Comey. He does not have that same sway with people. He uh, is an appointed official who uh, oversees security for this country. But when he stands up and makes an argument for or against the process and how it's being run, it's not going to resonate with people the way it does from coming from the candidates, because the candidates are the ones that people are either excited or dismayed about.
0: Well, I think it resonates more. I think it resonates more and you're kind of hoisted on your own uh, uh, petard, if you will, because when Comey didn't bring charges uh, and didn't, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't call a grand jury for whatever reason. And I didn't freak. I didn't freak out about it then. And I, I love being on record. This is one one of the things I love about the Loftus Party podcast is that I, I'm on record for all this stuff. I didn't freak out about Comey back then when he didn't bring charges. But then the Democrats uh, and Nancy Pelosi and all the big high muckety mucks in the Democratic Party. They're like, obviously, James Comey is a trusted official. He's above this kind of political uh, witch hunt. He's a good guy. He's like Socrates. And we're uh, or, or, uh, uh, he's like Solomon. Solomon, rather. He is like <laughs> he's he is wise like Solomon and he's smart like Socrates. So we should just thank our lucky stars. We've got somebody good like him. And then a couple of months later, he's like, we're reopening the investigation. And they're like, he's a jackhole of the highest order. He's a threat to our democracy. It's like, no, he's either. And that's why I think it kind of resonates because both like uh, just a couple of weeks ago, everybody on the left is like, well, that James Comey, he's a good guy because he is above this kind of thing. He is above. And uh and now it, it done bit them in the ass. You, you know,
1: this is where we learn from the logic of Batman because I love it.
0: I love it. Put it together. Put it together.
1: When you're the dark knight, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
0: There you go. There you go. Good one, man. Good one. Well, I'm 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 waiting with bated breath and I and it's and it just it's so funny to me when Hillary's out there like we demand Uh, to know what what he's got the American people deserve to know the American people deserve to know and it's too funny but that was exactly uh what uh what the congressional panel was saying to her a few months ago like hey give the emails we demand the American people deserve to know and it's just I just love it it's just so uh wonderfully wonderfully delicious that everything everything she's saying now is exactly what uh Trey Gowdy and 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 the whole gang was saying a few months ago. And if she wants it to be out there, maybe she could ask uh, Huma Abedin what what the emails were.
1: Huma Abedin has made some really bad decisions throughout this campaign <laughs> as a whole. And and she, if anyone coming out of the Clinton campaign, she is going to be the sacrificial lamb because she is not going to be with this campaign moving forward. She has made way too many mistakes and the, the Clintons love them or hate them. Uh, they are always out for their own political survival, and they will cut ties with whoever they have to cut ties with in order to maintain that. And in this case, they will be cutting ties with Huma Abedin because between the just the lightning rod that she's become and the fact that she's so closely associated with Anthony Weiner and everything he's done with his Carlos Danger code name. I, I cannot see a world in which Huma Abedin continues to have a political career uh, in the White House.
0: I tell you what, and I'm, I go the exact opposite way. If I'm Hillary, I steer into the curve and say, "Look at this uh, this strong, successful, much maligned and persecuted single woman. She embodies everything that's great in this country." And uh, listen, I'm no fan of Huma Abedin. I, I really, uh, I, I don't, I don't trust that lady. I don't trust her, trust her at all. I would be happy to see Uma go. Kuma, Uma, Babuma, Skuma Duma. But I think uh, I, I, oh, that's another one. I can't wait to see what happens. I think Huma is going to be around for a long, long time.
1: Well, what we and can it, say is that Clinton clearly has a lot of faith in her to build on your point, because I don't know how or why they decided to let Anthony Weiner be a surrogate at any point for the Clinton campaign. But they had him out there. They, they sent him on Stephen Colbert to pimp clinton essentially
0: and uh, did they really they did yeah they sent anthony Weiner out to be on stephen colbert yes. and this is after this is after the sexting stuff the yes. the pictures yes see that that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying and, and i was uh, a couple weeks ago i was saying on the podcast nobody circles the wagons in just complete denial of reality like the democrats like can you imagine can you imagine if some if, if like Dennis Hastert was like asked to go out on the road for Donald Trump? Like, hey, we want to put you on Fallon tonight. And he's like, OK, like what? See, that's the kind of flawed thinking that like makes me really question the whole uh, Democratic Party. Wait, you you know, this guy's jacked up. He's got some he's got some issues. uh uh, he's got some judgment uh, calls that he makes really bad. But you know what? I think he'd be a good surrogate for the campaign. It's nuts, I tell you. It's nuts. It's hard. The same thing can be said about the other
1: side. You know, it's, it's. I mean, Newt Gingrich uh, is a fantastic orator. You know, at, yeah. he, does, he was a great interview, but he has some skeletons in his closet too, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Ru- Rudy Giuliani, um, he, he likes to scream a little too much at his current age. But, you know, he is still America's mayor to so many people after what happened on 9-11. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's got some skeletons in, in the closet uh, as well.
0: The one thing I'm learning about all this is that, yes, they all do have skeletons in their closet. These are all, like, deeply flawed people. And it, and it makes me think, like, wow, how long can we keep this whole uh, constitutional republic going? Like, where are the good people? There should be there should be a boatload more good people in politics. Like, the more I learn about politics, I'm more like, yikes, yikes. You know, look who's running the ship. This is a little frightening. Doesn't that d- – would that be your takeaway as well? Yeah,
1: no, a- absolutely. I mean, the thing about it is that the people who are drawn to national politics are generally people who are after a certain type of power. Uh, yes. And – in general, the phrase "absolute power corrupts absolutely" applies here because when you are seeking power, you're willing to blur the lines of morality at a certain point. I sh- and I shouldn't speak for everyone, but there are pre- there are people who pursue power at any cost. And uh, yep, and, and politicians, unfortunately, in certain cases, are no different.
0: I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. I think absolute power does corrupt absolutely, and I always want to know who's watching the watchers. That whole – I'm I'm seriously – like morally, I'm down with that, and I think that's why it's weird. As As soon as I like buckle down, I'm like, yep, term limits. We got to do term limits. However, man, if you have some great guy in there, if you've got Jimmy Stewart in there – and he's just, uh, you know, a, a total Boy Scout and and literally just wants the best interests of the country. I don't want to throw that dude out. You know, I don't want to I don't want to make I don't want to throw out the good guys just because there's a couple of bad apples. I mean, we can get rid of the bad apples. Hopefully we can still get rid of the bad apples. Good Lord.
1: And, and even to build on that, you know, I mean, let, let's take your sandbox. Let's talk about comedy. Uh, Yeah. You've got young up and coming comedians who are really hot on the scene right now and they sit down and they try to write their jokes. And then now you're someone who's been doing stand up for a lot longer than they. have.
0: So, yeah, I should do some on this show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But but your experience has value. You know, you've been doing this long enough and you've seen the game change and you know how to do the job well. And isn't there something to be said for having someone who knows how to do the job, whether that's comedy
0: or politics? Well, I tell you what, and I'm I'm loving where this whole discussion is going because, uh, yes. Now, here's what I don't – I know – I know a lot about comedy because I've been doing it for a long time, I, and I'm, I'm not a huge student of the form, and I keep learning stuff all the time about comedy. However, because I've been making my living as a comedian for uh, a lot of years now, I just know a lot more about comedy because I've been doing it. A couple years ago, a guy came up to me, and he, he goes, I wrote this really funny joke uh, about strip clubs and why I don't go to strip clubs. And I go, uh, well, what is it? And he goes, uh, going to a strip club is, is horrible. It's like going to a steakhouse and you're not allowed to eat the steak. And I go, oh, that's very funny. I go, that's a Seinfeld bit. Jerry Seinfeld did that bit like in, uh, 1990 or 19, something like that. And the guy looks at me and he goes, I don't care. I'm new. I'm new and I don't know that. So I'm going to do the joke because in his mind, he discovered it. I think that there is a generational thing and, 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 it's at play, uh, with politics as well. Every, every couple generations, you need people who come in incredibly energized and incredibly naive about the process. Cause like I was on, I was on Steel and Unger, uh, a couple weeks ago and, and, uh, they're talking about infrastructure and how Donald Trump and – uh and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both, they're going to raise more money for infrastructure. They're going to raise more money for infrastructure, and I'm like, whoa, what are, what are my tax dollars going for now? Like isn't that the original – the original intent of taxes is to fix the roads and fix the bridges. Like I, I don't I, – I think that – once you've been in politics for so long, you start getting caught up in the the minutia of that and the minutia of this. And we've I think we've lost our way uh, a bit as a country uh, because I, I think our tax dollars are being wasted. They're they're just being thrown away. There's there's gasoline taxes. There's uh, soda taxes. There's cigarette taxes. There's whiskey, all these crazy taxes. And no one knows where they're going at some point. We just have to uh, we just have to stop any additional spending. I've said it before on this show and just come at just come at this from an incredibly, incredibly naive uh, perspective. How much money are we bringing in? How much money are we putting out? And let's just start and let's base that in reality. I don't want to talk about projected earnings and I don't want to talk about uh, the GPA of a uh, butt flavored donut in Denmark. Like, how much money are we bringing in and how much are we spending?
1: Okay, so interestingly enough, right there, what you're talking about was the appeal of Gary Johnson initially, because when he was governor of New Mexico, that's how he approached his budget. I mean, anything that couldn't be paid for, he said, well, then we're not going to do it unless we can figure out a way to pay for it. You know, I mean, we have not had uh, a country that isn't running a deficit. For uh, I believe eleven to twelve years now, and that means that we have been spending more than we have been taking in. And part of the reason that people are so upset about this election as a whole is because no matter which major candidate you end up voting for, we're still going to be in debt. You know, we're we're not going to pay down the debt, and we'll still be spending more than we're taking in.
0: Yes. So uh, we must try to remedy that. We must try to remedy that. And I think, uh, right now it ain't, it ain't Hillary Clinton, but that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be in that credibly naive, uh, incredibly naive. Now, Gary Johnson's not my guy. However, I'll tell you this. And once again, this is like uh, a year in review, uh, uh, an election re- year in review. I will be the first guy, uh, on November 8th and November 9th, uh, to start helping the third party. If Jill Stein wants my help, I'll help her out. If Gary Johnson wants my help, uh, or the Libertarians want my help, I will help them out. I'm all, but that's when you need to start. And because I'm, I'm all in for like just like d- the cold hard slap of reality. What are we making? What are we spending?
1: So, so are you saying that that you may actually give some love to Evan McMullen?
0: No, because that guy's a tool and a douchebag. <laughs> Sorry, Stacy. No, he's just like a hand-picked douchebag. He's like an errand boy. Do you know anything about Evan McMullen? Yeah, I mean, basically, his story
1: is that uh, he worked in the CIA for a very long time. He's come from a very conservative place. He's never held publicly elected office, but he's held very high positions that he was appointed to within the federal government, and everyone in Congress knows him, and uh, and he is from Utah, and he is a Mormon, so he's experiencing the same effects there that John Kasich experienced during the primaries in his home state of Ohio.
0: Okay, who got, who got old uh, Ed McMullen? I'm going to call him Ed McMullen because he reminds me of Ed McMahon, uh, Johnny's old side kiss. Uh, side kiss. That's a great—that's an even better Freudian slip. How did old uh, Ed McMullen get involved in politics?
1: Uh, in this particular case, uh, he, uh, worked his way
0: up through the CIA. Well, wasn't he handpicked by Bill Crystal? Wasn't there, wasn't, uh, wasn't there a big national hunt for, we got to find somebody. We got to find somebody else that can beat Trump. We got to stop Trump. We got to find somebody. We got to find somebody. And then I, I literally think they had a big giant meeting in a secret warehouse on a tarmac somewhere. And, uh, they came up with the name of Ed McMullen. <laughs>
1: Well, you are correct. Bill Kristol did come out initially as one of the first major never Trumpers. Right. And he went after other people who he felt could better serve conservatives than Donald Trump. Uh, The big one he went after initially was Mark Cuban, uh, trying to get him to run in the third party. Uh, Mark Cuban decided that he didn't want to do it. He didn't think that he uh, could win. And between you and me and all of our listeners, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see Mark Cuban actually run as a Republican within the next dozen years or so. Uh,
0: Uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Well,
1: you know. He clearly uh, wants to be in the political game. And we, we actually we saw him sort of dip his toe in the water a little bit during this election uh, in his anti-Donald Trump rhetoric. You know, I mean, he went on CNN. He went on Stephen Colbert and did an entire bit where he was actually trying to denounce Donald Trump. And uh, that's one of the reasons why Bill Kristol approached him. Uh, when Evan McMullen popped up, Bill Kristol then did get behind him.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think old Ed McMullen was handpicked by Bill Crystal. Therefore, douchebag by association. Well, in my mind, yeah, in my mind.
1: Well, and, and you know, this is also a, a much larger conversation about the fact that this is interestingly one of the first years where you can really make the argument that voting third party will have an
0: effect. Bum, bum, bum. Well, yeah, old. Uh. Old Ed McMullen might get Utah, and that should scare everybody. That, to, me, to me, that's incredibly frightening. It's incredibly frightening. That some rich white guy in New England somewhere just goes, I must. It's like Mr. Burns off The Simpsons. Smithers, we need someone to stop Donald Trump. Bring me someone. No, no, no. You, what's your name? Evan McMullen, sir. I want you to be my lapdog. That's just incredibly disturbing to me.
1: Well, I mean, what what do you say to all the people who are excited about the idea that in the right scenario, a third party candidate could actually overtake the two major parties, which a lot of people are unhappy with right now?
0: Oh, I'm not excited about it this election cycle, but I'm 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 down for it in 2020. That's what I'm saying. Let's start. Let's get started. Let's start thinking about 2020. Let's start the uh, let's get let's get a loftist party candidate. Not it. I got way too many I got I got way too many skeletons in my closet. So
1: so you're not gonna you're not gonna be supporting Paul Ryan in twenty twenty?
0: What Paul Ryan, you know, he bummed me out. Paul, Paul Ryan bummed me out and uh and Jason Chavitz uh bummed me out. I'm like i I'm not I'm not gonna be like I'm never Paul Ryan and I hate Paul Ryan, stuff like that. I'm just bummed out with those guys. Especially that uh Chavitz Chavitz, yeah. whatever his name is. Jason Chavitz. Yeah, because he's like, I cannot, I cannot support Donald Trump. He horrifies me. I'm horrified by this. And then, uh, once, once like uh, the winds change a little bit, he's like, oh, oh, I'm voting for Donald Trump. I want so, su- I- I'll vote for him. It's like, wait a minute, where do you stand on anything, guy? You got to like pick your horse, pick your horse and ride. Well, either Hillary's, either Hillary's really bad for the country or she's not.
1: And, and amazingly. I think that they're coming from a different place. I think they're coming from a p- place of personal political survival. You know, Paul Ryan dropped Donald Trump the minute it became a possibility that the Republicans were going to lose the house. That, that That's when it yeah. happened. The timeline is there. So Paul Ryan was, uh, clearly thinking about his own favor in that moment. Yeah, yeah no doubt. You know, and, and ironically, uh, Bernie Sanders has been using a Paul Ryan quote in uh in all of his uh in, in his stump speeches because one of the things that Paul Ryan got up and said was that if the Republicans lose that means Bernie Sanders becomes head of the Senate budgetary committee. Which Oh good Lord. Yeah. Oh good Lord. If the polls are correct, that is actually looking likely right now.
0: Oh, that's no good. That's no good. And I don't believe the polls, by the way. I don't. Well, I I think we might be in for a shocker there, Andrew Apple. I keep looking back at the uh, at the Ronald Reagan campaign against uh, Jimmy Carter, and it looks eerily similar, eerily similar, where it's almost uh, it almost looks like it's about voter suppression. It's and that's and and granted now let's it's a it's a WikiLeaks thing. So so hang on to your uh, your shoes but this is uh, the tactic that the Clinton campaign used against Bernie Sanders. They they, they had the polls they liked. They had uh, the sampling that they liked. And they would hold up these polls and tell the Bernie people it's it's hopeless. It's hopeless. And like the ABC poll that had Hillary up by like, I don't know, something like t- like 12 points last week now has her ahead by one. Now, all of a sudden. Uh, the Hillary people are like, well, that's not a good poll anymore. And the Donald Trump people are like, well, that is a good poll. It's like I- I've had it with the polls. I-, I I literally I don't know which ones to believe and which ones not to believe. And then there's this dude on Fox News, uh, Chris Dyerwalt, who I usually pretty much like. He goes, well, here's what I do. I take all the polls and I hunk them all together. And that gives me my average of all the polls, which at first blush seems like it's a good idea but if all the polls are bad, then your number is going to be bad at the end. So you can't you can't average out bad polls and hope to get a good poll number. While
1: I don't know that I agree that the polls are quite as skewed, you do bring up what I think is the most wonderful point, And that's the importance of going out to vote on November 8th. That the polls, whatever they are, are ultimately meaningless if the right number of people show up and vote for the candidate that they want to see get in office. I think that I, I feel like that's something that's been forgotten up until this point, that if you want to make a difference, uh, sitting there and tweeting about it isn't going to do it. But getting up, making sure you're registered to vote, that will. If you show up and you support your candidate with your vote, there's nothing they can do to stop you.
0: Well, one would hope one would hope. Uh, no. However, I'm with Barack. I'm with Barack Obama on this. He gave a an incredibly inspiring uh, commencement address where he he boiled it down to this. Uh, our democracy works like this. Whoever gets the most votes gets to do what they want. Vote. Anytime they give you a chance, vote. Vote on dog catcher. Vote for your mayor. Vote for uh, city council. Don't just vote in the presidential election. That actually does frighten me, and I'm not. I, I hope I don't sound too jaded or bitter or something. But if you have no idea what the issues are, and you're just going to vote for Hillary because you're excited that uh, she's got a vagina and she's a woman, so you should vote for her. Please don't vote, because uh, I, I trust your judgment. I don't trust your judgment. I so so do a little research. Uh, get on get on the the Google. Get on the the do some research and then vote. But you got to promise me if you're going to vote, you got to do a little research.
1: Oh, ab- listen, I- I'm 100 percent behind that. And uh, there are wonderful voter guides that uh, I- I'm personally a big fan of public radios voter guides. So check out your local public radios website and they will give you a lot of the information with very little bias.
0: I don't believe that at all. I think it's loaded with bias. You know what? You know what I just found out? That's like this cr- crazy statistic that just frightened me. What's that? federal federal employees are overwhelmingly democrats overwhelmingly democrats like it's like 96% of them 97% of federal employees are democrats that's terrifying
1: well i mean it it's kind of hard to be a business minded republican and wanting to maximize your financial potential and then go into public service because it does not matter how hard you work in public service. You get paid the same money, no matter what.
0: <clears throat> right, right. I just, I'm just, listen, uh, we've got a boatload. Uh, the federal government, I wonder where they fall on the list of who empl- employs the most people. Was it like Walmart's number one and the federal government's number two, something crazy like that? That's a huge voting block, and they are never going to vote for what's best for the country. I believe they'll vote for what's best for their job, and that I find uh, terrifying absolutely terrifying.
1: Well, but is, I mean, at, at the end of the day, isn't that ultimately what everyone is doing? You know, I mean, yes, if you're coming from a conservative perspective, you're you're thinking of having as small of a government as possible, but that's about having as many personal freedoms as possible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is, is how is worrying about your own personal freedoms different than worrying about your job?
0: Oh, because because as the Democrats become more powerful, my personal freedoms erode. So while while you'll protect your job at the DMV or whatever, you're going to slowly erode my personal freedoms just because, you know, you want to keep your job. And that's that that to me sucks. Like uh, the founding father said, I'm allowed to have a gun. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, that'll be in question because a bunch of people wanted to keep their job at the DMV. That's terrifying to me. The idea of that. The idea of that. I'm talking big picture stuff. You were saying that you wanted to
1: jump back and talk about Newt Gingrich on Megyn Kelly.
0: Okay, please tell me you saw that. Yes. Please tell me you saw the Newt Gingrich-Megyn Kelly thing. Yes, I did. That was Awesome on a whole nother level of awesome. All right. Tell me why. I loved it. Tell why. Because he called her out. He just called her out. And in a a way, uh, she was in the hot seat because he was calling out all of Fox. And it's hysterical to me because he's talking about what it it, it was a debate on uh, media bias. And he was saying, uh, this story, this story X got all of the coverage, while this story Y about Hillary Clinton got 57 seconds of coverage. And it was too funny, uh, because he, he said, he said, so according to me, uh, you spent this much time on Trump's sex thing and you spent this much time on Hillary's open borders thing, you must be fascinated with sex. And because he said those words, The big headline in all like ABC News, CBS News and all their Twitter feeds, they went with the very salacious Newt Gingrich says she's fascinated with sex, which is which is not what he was saying at all. But they so quickly turned it into a sex story. It was it was a riot.
1: Well, what do you say to the critics who make the argument that because Newt Gingrich was saying it in a very exasperated, over-the-top, somewhat condescending way that he lost the argument. Because in general, when you can make your argument clearly and succinctly without having to have it be a personal attack, which some would argue it did turn into, you, you do make your argument better.
0: Ah, eh. He won the debate. He won the debate hands down, fair and square. She had on her big girl pants, and he had on his big boy pants. And here's how I know he won the debate. You want to know how I know? How do you know? At the very end, right before the cameras were about to leave uh, the satellite feed, Megyn Kelly goes, well, thanks, Newt, and uh, take care of those anger issues you got. She tried to take that one last little dig, and that is the act of someone who's desperate, and, is, and she tried to make it personal, and Trump – or er, Trump uh, – Gangrich came back with, you too, right? So that's <laughs> – that's when I knew she had truly lost the debate, and she knew she lost the debate. When she threw in that little dig, let's watch the anger issues. Nyeh. Loser. Yeah.
1: D- I, d- did you know that Me- Megyn Kelly is already making moves to get out of the Fox News
0: uh, house at the moment? I bet she is. I bet she is. D- did you I hear, tell you what.
1: Did you hear what her next gig is going to be right after the election?
0: What is the, uh, is there rumors? Are the rumors swirling about? Where e where is is Aeon Flux gonna land?
1: Well, actually, it's not a rumor, it's a fact. She is going to be, uh, co-hosting the Daily Syndicated show Live with Kelly, with Kelly Ripa. So it's gonna be, uh, Kelly and Kelly chit-chatting about, uh, all the day's news.
0: Oh, that's got disaster written all over it. That has got disaster written all over it. What's the, what's the over-under on, uh, What do you think? What do you think of that? Does it have a future? Uh, I think it has
1: no future whatsoever. I I don't people seem to forget that daytime television and daytime news are two very different things. And I think Megyn Kelly really does fancy herself as a hard hitting journalist. And every time a hard hitting journalist has tried to jump into the daytime realm, they always fail. Anderson Cooper failed. Meredith Vieira failed. Katie Couric failed. And I have to believe that uh, Megyn Kelly would do it as well.
0: Yeah, I I really I, I don't watch the the uh, uh, the Kelly Ripa at all. The only time I've ever seen it has always been by accident. <laughs> uh, but it's like she's she's good when she's like talking about her weekend, you know, and she she and Regis used to be I tried to get tickets to this Broadway show, but it was sold out. So I called my step step brother and he got me. It's just no, no, that's that's not going to work out. Oh, my goodness. So Cheryl Atkinson tweets out. Now, Cheryl, who is a friend of the show uh, and a fantastic journalist, a fantastic journalist, she says a friend of hers tried to vote in Florida and was told she could not vote because she had already voted. That's disturbing. It's deeply disturbing. And it's 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 deeply, deeply disturbing uh, when it's coming from Cheryl Atkinson, because talk about a girl who's not going to go off half cocked. And she's not going to go around spreading vicious rumors. Yeah, if you're not following Cheryl Atkinson, uh, follow her on Twitter. She's amazing. But, yeah, she tweeted that out a couple hours ago. uh, And I'm like, wow, there's – well, there must be something there. So hopefully Cheryl is in full-on investigative journalism mode and is tracking that sucker down.
1: Well, and also make sure that you head on over to theloftestparty.com because we have a great video from season one of the show where she talks about – things she's dealt with that show that the news media isn't always trying to give you the full story
0: no they're not here's one they buried here's one they buried that i think is just once again this should have been all over uh the 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 presses the last week do you know that uh loretta lynch uh took the fifth last week there the, the somebody in congress was looking into the uh iran hostage payments thing and loretta lynch was called to testify and she took the fifth i feel like and and this is the difficulty because now
1: i'm thinking like an attorney is there something about national security that we don't know right now that would cause her to plead the fifth because i i know and this might not be a popular opinion but it's easy to argue that she's clearly just coming from a selfish place trying to worry about her own self-interest but is there a world in which what she's talking about could have effects on other things?
0: Uh, maybe there is. Maybe there is. However, they need a different thing you can plead for that. You need to have like uh, Congress is like, hey, so what's up with all this All this money that, that went to Iran? Uh, instead of saying I plead the fifth, if it's like, hey, this is about national security and I can't really talk about this in front of cameras – so I'm gonna have to plead. Let's talk about this shit in the bathroom. <laughs> that might, they, they gotta, they gotta come up with a new plea because whenever you, whenever you hear, uh, I'm gonna take the fifth. Now it's, it's a thing. We're, we're, we're all protected by the same constitution. We all supposedly live under the same set of laws. You're allowed to do it. You're allowed to do it. But that just looks dubious as all hell. <laughs> it looks com- incredibly dubious. Ah, uh, I can't talk about that. I'm going to plead the fifth. All right, well, it yeah. makes me laugh. The world is a crazy place, Andrew, and a lot, a lot of times the rules that we live by don't make sense, but there is a place where we make up our own rules and everything's wonderful. That place is called Michaeltopia. So, what do you got?
1: Uh, I'm going to start off with something I said earlier. In Michaeltopia, we vote, and when you don't vote, you don't get to complain about what happens in the world. If you don't like how your schools are being run, and you didn't look into who was running for your local school board, you don't get to complain. If you don't like uh, that you got an increase in your water bill this month, but uh, you didn't look at what the measures were in relation to the DWP in your local city, you really don't get to complain. In MichaelTopia, we vote, and we know what we're voting about.
0: And in MichaelTopia, we vote on the small stuff, too. We don't just vote once every 4 years. You vote locally. You can make your community better by making the changes that you want to affect. So vote a lot and read a lot. Do your research and vote. Uh in Michaeltopia, in Michaeltopia, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. This and I got two swords for this one. A long time ago, uh, everybody was like, wow, isn't WikiLeaks great? Because they're reporting on what the Bush administration is doing in Iraq. And WikiLeaks, they're, they're the great bringers of truth. Well, now that sword turns out has another edge. And it's like, yikes. Here's the level of wackadoodle corruption in the Democratic Party. So you d- can't blame it on the Russians now. Because uh, if it's the Russians now, it was the Russians then. So you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And in Michael Topia... If James Comey was a hero in July, he can't be a villain in October. So, in Micheltopia, we live by the sword, we die by the sword. All right. In
1: Micheltopia, Chicago people are not allowed to hate the Cleveland Indians if things don't go their way. I know, I know, if you're a Cubbies fan, it's tough and you've wanted this for a long time. But to the victor goes the spoils. And if the Cleveland Indians do end up winning this World Series, you're not allowed to
0: riot. Yes. And, and please, <clears throat> no matter how it goes, I'm glad that one, it's, it's going to sound uh, trite, but it is a shame that somebody has to lose. Cleveland has waited a long, long time. I know Chicago has waited longer. It's, it's, it's beautiful and it's sad at the same time. It is uh, the World Series of ennui. <laughs> <laughs> it is the french world series uh in michael topia if you're gonna vote for the first woman president you might want to make sure she's not a career criminal <laughs> nobody has a problem with a woman being president i got a problem with a criminal being president uh people go to jail for this kind of crime right now there's a dude sitting in prison because he took a picture uh of a piece of a submarine and he had it on his laptop he didn't show it to anybody and that dude is in jail. He's not going to be uh, released early. He's doing the full stretch. So I'm all for a woman president. Let's just make sure uh, she's not a criminal.
1: All right. I think that's the perfect place to bring it on home.
0: Bring it on home. All right. Well, we have a lot of work to do. We've got a bunch of episodes of uh, The flip side that we're going to be taping down at uh, Hermosa Beach Comedy and Magic Club live at the lounge uh, this week. Loftusparty.com. Check that out for The Daily Dose. Uh, our best wishes go to, uh, Stacy, Stacy, we, uh, we need a speedy recovery. We need you back on the air. And, uh, that is all, all the news that's fit to print. Flipside Loftus is the Twitter handle. Make sure you follow us there. Andrew, what do you got going on, buddy?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, I am, uh, I'm, I've got a couple of projects I can't talk about right now, unfortunately, but, uh, stay tuned. Uh, I'm Twitter at Andrew Apple as, uh, as uh i can report more and then uh, as always uh, you can uh hear more of my uh my voice over at sofreshsoaprins.com on my other podcast where uh if you want to get away from politics and you want to jump into 90s nostalgia that's the place to go
0: yes absolutely all right well i will talk to you later america this is the loftus party thank you so much we'll see you next week we're almost there we're almost there Sayonara and good night.